0: Shane Beamer and South Carolina have added a couple of portal wide receivers in the past couple of days, but the issue is neither of these additions address the biggest need that they have at the wide receiver position. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of 5 antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's j a s e medical.com. Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football coaching staff, they have been on a roll over the past few days in terms of landing kids out of the transfer portal. South Carolina has landed at least six or seven guys out of the portal in just the past three or four days. And that's included two transfer wide receivers, Engage Larvadane and Amari Bruce Huggins. But the issue here is, while those two guys can definitely help South Carolina's wide receiver room in 2024, neither of those pickups address South Carolina's massive need For a downfield receiving threat. South Carolina was also pursuing a receiver in Elijah Surratt, a guy from James Madison whom I've brought up before on this show, a guy that recorded over a thousand receiving yards in the 2023 season and was named a first team All Sun Belt selection. He primarily played outside the numbers. He was a guy that I thought could help South Carolina offset the loss of Xavier Leggett at least to a significant degree. But he is heading on to Indiana to join up with his old coach from James Madison who took that job this offseason. So what is it about these recent commits that says that they are not going to help South Carolina fulfill that need of having a downfield receiving threat. Well, the thing about Gage, Larva Dane, and Amari Bruce Huggins is neither of these guys are pure outside receivers. Neither of them possess the prototypical size of outside receivers at the SEC level, and neither of them have been known in their college careers for making contested catches down the field. So let's go over each of those different aspects of their game, starting off with Gage Larvidane. According to Pro Football Focus, throughout Gage Larvadane's college football career, he has taken 344 snaps in the slot and 373 snaps out wide. What should be known about those snaps is that those snaps took place at Southeastern Louisiana at the FCS level and Miami of Ohio. At the mid American conference level. So Gage Larva yes, he has played outside the numbers a good amount, but this is where the next part comes in. He's only listed currently at five foot ten, 165 pounds. Is that going to hold up against SEC defensive backs? Guys are gonna be much bigger, stronger, faster, and overall more athletic than anybody Gage Larvadane has faced throughout this point in his college football career, I don't know if we can say for sure that that's going to happen. And Gage Larva-Dane's contested catch numbers, they back up the notion that he might not be a guy that can be a number one downfield threat on the outside for South Carolina. Going back to pro football focus and what they had to say about Gage Larva-Dane, on passes that were thrown, 20 yards or more down the field to Gage in 2023 at Miami of Ohio. 12 of his targets were contested. Of those 12 contested targets that, again, were 20-plus yards down the field, Gage Larvadane only caught two of them. For comparison, Xavier Leggett caught seven of his 11 contested targets that fit that same exact criteria this past football season for South Carolina. If the Gamecocks did not already have a Jared Brown from Coastal Carolina, a guy that is a sure fit at the slot position already in the fold, I would say that Gage Larvard Dane could be a really solid pickup for this football team. And again, I think he very well still could help them. But Gage Larvard Dane, if he's not a pure outside wide receiver, and you've already got a Jared Brown... I'm not quite sure what you're going to do there with both of those guys. But South Carolina, they did not just pick up Gage Larva Day. They also picked up Louisville wide receiver Amari Huggins-Bruce. And the thing about this pickup is a lot of Gamecocks, they were happy about this one because Amari is from the state of South Carolina. Actually played at Dillon High School before he went to play for the Louisville Cardinals over the past three years. But... The issues that I brought with Gage Larverdane are the same issues that I have with Amari Bruce Huggins. He has split up his playing time between the slot position and playing outside the numbers. According to Pro Football Focus, he has taken 366 career snaps in the slot and 295 snaps out wide. And just like Gage, Amari does not possess prototypical SEC size to play an outside wide receiver position. He is listed at 5'11", 170 pounds, according to his player profile from Louisville's website. And he also is not known for making contested catches down the field. It's an even lower ratio than what Gage Larvedane possesses. As once again, according to Pro Football Focus, during Huggins Bruce's time at Louisville, 12 of his targets were contested. Overall, not just in the deep area of the field, but also in the short and intermediate areas of the field. Of those 12 contested targets, he only made two catches. That's it. So basically, if Amari has to fight through contact to make a catch, his career stats say that more often than not, he's not going to come down with the football. So again, this might come off as incredibly harsh. And I promise y'all, I'm not trying to be harsh. I think that both of these guys, they still are going to help South Carolina in 2024. They definitely provide, at the least, experience and depth in this wide receiver rotation. But the issue that I have with what's going on with the makeup of this wide receiver room right now is almost everybody fits more of a slot archetype than they do an outside downfield receiving threat. Nicholas Harper, again, I know some people are going to still sit there and say, Andrew, that's your downfield receiving threat for next year. Nicholas Harper right now is working with the track and field team. I don't know if he's going to be able to participate at all in spring practice with the football team in just a couple of short months from now. And as we all saw late in the 2023 season, while yes, he definitely made strides as the year progressed, he still has a lot of developing to do in several areas of his game. My point being, he's not ready yet. And at this point, with the way that things are going at this position, South Carolina, they are going to essentially negate one of the biggest strengths of their potential future starting quarterback in Lenore Sellers. And also, they're going to put a lot more pressure on other position groups on this offense to step up to the plate on Saturdays this next season. We're going to discuss all of that in more detail in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. We've got wild card weekend this coming weekend here in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles, it's just been a disastrous last month and a half for Philly. They have lost five of their last six games and now find themselves going on the road to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the winners of the NFC South division. The money line for the Eagles is minus 130 despite all of that, and the Bucs money line is set at plus 110. The over-under is 45 points, and the Eagles are currently 1.5 points favorites so if you're interested in that game or maybe any of the other wild card games taking place this next weekend all you got to do is check out FanDuel's app which is easy to use and again you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel an official partner of the NFL Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, I really appreciate each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first watch on YouTube or your first listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Whether it's somebody that already is on the roster, maybe a high school signee, or one of these incoming transfers, if nobody out of this wide receiver room emerges as a downfield receiving threat for South Carolina's offense in 2024, it's going to basically wipe out one of the biggest strengths in Lenore Sellers' game, assuming Sellers is going to be the starter in 2024. And it's also going to put more pressure on some other people on the offensive side of the ball. So let's start off with the strength of Lenore Sellers that would be pretty much nullified if no downfield receiving threat really shows up on the forefront for this football team. And that would be Lenore Sellers' sheer arm strength. Lenore Sellers, I've talked about this before when he was coming out of high school over in South Florence, he can throw the football at least 55 yards standing flat footed without stepping up in the pocket or stepping up into his throw. If he does that, he can throw the ball 60-plus yards down the field. And, of course, y'all saw, especially in that Furman game this past season with his touchdown pass to Tyshawn Russell, Lenore Sellers, he has a flat-out cannon for an arm. But if South Carolina is going to be able to showcase that in 2024, with the way this wide receiver room is constructed right now, it would have to be on, basically, routes where a wide receiver runs past the entire secondary, basically is taking the top off of the secondary, or they shake their man on their route. If neither of those things happen, the North sellers, basically, he's not going to be able to throw up any of those passes that Spencer Rowler is able to throw up to Xavier Leggett last season, where, basically, he sees him in a one-on-one situation, and he just decides, you know what, I'm going to trust my guy. Go get the football. He's not going to be able to do that a whole lot this next year because this wide receiver room, it's not like that they don't have any speed. Like Jared Brown, he could be a solid downfield threat. I would imagine Gage Larvidane also could be a downfield threat and maybe Amazio Bennett. But that's not going to always happen, in my opinion, with all three of those guys. So Lenore Sellers, he would have to focus a lot more on his accuracy, on his touch, and in the short and intermediate areas of the field. And here's another fact that we have to bring up. And some of y'all are going to like the fact that I'm going to bring this up. But Lenore Sellers in his senior season at South Lawrence High School. For as well as he played that season. Leading his high school team to a state championship. Their first one ever in program history. I believe he only completed around 60% of his passes. Maybe even less than that. And in modern football, that is a very low completion percentage to have. You want to see your quarterback probably hitting around maybe 63% at the absolute lowest. You go below 63%, there are some legitimate potential issues in terms of accuracy. And last season, in the sparse playing time that he got, we did not see that a whole lot. But obviously, Sellers was not the starter then. It was Spencer Rattler's offense. Now the keys are being handed over, likely to Sellers for 2024. So if there are issues there, uh, they will be on display a lot more. Especially if it is stressed to him that he has to show up in those areas and isn't able to just sometimes just take the ball and just chuck it up down the field. Now, this also would inherently put some pressure on other people on the offensive side of the ball. Let's start off with offensive coordinator Dow Loggins. If there's no downfield receiving threat for this South Carolina offense in 2024, not only is it going to negate one of Lenore Sellers' biggest strengths, but that's also going to simultaneously handicap Dal Loggins in terms of his playbook. It would limit what he could do in terms of deep shots down the field. He would pretty much have to rely solely on play action in order to get any of that possibly going. He would also have to probably call a lot more yak type route concepts, basically routes where the receivers don't have to make maybe more than one defined cut in their route. In essence, they can continuously or constantly keep moving throughout their route. He would probably also have to call a lot more RPOs or run pass options where obviously you either run the football or the quarterback has the option to pull the football really quick and throw the ball out to a receiving threat. Whether it is maybe on the perimeter or just a few yards down the field on maybe a slant route. So Dow Loggins, he would have a lot more pressure on him if none of these receivers can emerge as a real downfield receiving threat. And then there's one particular position group that I feel like would really feel a lot more stress if this is the case this coming fall. And that is the offensive line for South Carolina. Because if South Carolina is not able to rely on explosive passing plays like they did to a very high degree in 2023, that would mean automatically that the Gamecocks offensive drives would have to be more methodical in nature, which would also mean that your offensive line would have to be at the forefront of those methodical drives. They would have to be the catalyst for a lot of your scoring drives this upcoming season. And with what we saw last year, this offensive line unit, look, it wasn't all their fault. There was an abnormal amount of injuries that took place. And there were certain guys that got thrown in there that should have never been thrown in there in the first place because it was a bottom-out year for the talent level of that position group. But either way you slice it, they've got to make a ton of strides between now and heading into the 2024 season. And you mean to tell me, that there's a chance that with the way this wide receiver room is constructed presently, that this offensive line, they might have to be the reason why you score a good amount of your points this next year. Because Lenore Sellers, look, he's not going to be able to go on 40, 50-yard runs every single game. Rocket Sanders, as good as he is, obviously, as many people have liked to point out in the comment section on YouTube, he can't do it all by himself. He's got to have help. He's got to have blocking up front. This offensive line, if there's no Xavier Leggett-type player, and I'm not saying that you have to be an Xavier Leggett where you're just going off every single game, but if nobody can threaten the defense deep, then that means that this offensive line, there'd be a lot more stress put on them. There'd be more defenders lined up in the box, lined up closer to the line of scrimmage, more bodies that you got to deal with in your formation. That would not be ideal for South Carolina based on what we saw this past season. So that's just to give y'all an idea of the potential ramifications of having a lack of a downfield receiving threat in this wide receiver room. It carries over to other positions. It carries over to the play calling. It affects everything in an offense in modern college football. So if this does not change... And if nobody springboards their way into the 2024 season and gets off to a really hot start to where defenses have to respect them from the jump, then it could spell potential trouble for South Carolina's offense. Now, there is still one portal wide receiver out there that I think that South Carolina should definitely have already contacted if they hadn't already, but somebody that would have made a lot of sense here to fulfill this need and maybe could still make sense if they are available once spring practice is over in mid-April. I'll discuss who that receiver is in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. today's show is brought to you by jace medical now i know we all come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life but i want to talk for just a minute about preparing for real life because according to the fda pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade this is really scary And I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my parents or my sister or someone in her immediate family got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we're all going to be okay because of the good people over at Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, Respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any one of us. And so you never want to be caught unprepared. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared. Go to com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order welcome back to today's edition of the lockdown game cox podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes all right now as i mentioned earlier i think there's still one more transfer portal wideout out out there that would still make a lot of sense for the south carolina Gamecocks if they're able to go after him at any point in the future and that is southern cal transfer dorian singer Now, why is that the case? Well, I've got a few reasons why this guy would be a viable target, in my opinion, for South Carolina. For one, he is a proven downfield threat at the Power 4 level in the passing game. In 2022 at Arizona, which was a career year for Dorian Singer, he caught 66 passes for 1,105 yards and six touchdowns. That included 5 receptions of 40-plus yards, which was tied for first in the Pac-12, 11 receptions of 30-plus yards, and 21 receptions of 20-plus yards, the latter leading the entire conference. And 68.7% of his snaps were outside the numbers. So Dorian Singer, playing for a team like Arizona, who at the time was still building under current head coach Jed Fish, they managed to get him the ball and made him one of the better receivers in the Pac-12 conference, which has shown in the past couple of years had a lot of death before uh, the unfortunate death of the conference, thanks to college football realignment. Now, another reason why I think Dorian Singer makes a lot of sense here: he has prototypical size to be an outside wide receiver. He's six foot, one hundred eighty pounds, according to his player profile from Southern Cal's website. So. A little bit taller, a little bit more mass on his frame compared to some of the other guys that South Carolina has already landed in this portal cycle. And here's the other thing, Shane Beamer and Lincoln Riley, they both know each other quite well. Lincoln Riley, of course, is the current head coach at Southern Cal and Shane Beamer was an assistant under him from, I believe, 2018 through 2020. 2020. Both of these guys, they have looked at transfers from either school in the past, which would tell you that there is an obvious line of communication between both programs, and they're not afraid to inquire with one another about a particular player from the other person's program. So, if I'm Shane Beamer, I'm calling up Lincoln Riley to get an idea of what kind of player and what kind of person Doreen Singer is And, you know, do your background check. You know, why is it that he entered the transfer portal? Were there any issues potentially in the locker room? Not saying that there were issues, but you've always got to, of course, make sure. Because if you're going to bring a guy from the outside, a guy in the transfer portal, you got to make sure they're going to fit your culture, and they're not going to potentially fracture any groups in your locker room. So, for all of those reasons, I think that Southern Cal wide receiver Dorian Singer would make a ton of sense as a target for South Carolina I've not seen any reports of any school receiving a visit from him. I didn't see anything in terms of, you know, him being predicted to go anywhere from any of these major recruiting service websites. So if Doran Singer is still in the portal, when spring practice is over in mid April for all these schools, if I'm South Carolina, I'm absolutely pursuing him. Yes, he had a down year in 2023 compared to his banner year he had in 2022, for one reason or another, but the guy's still proven himself at the power four level, and it's not like that. Dorian Singer just forgot how to play football, and you need all the help you can get. Quite frankly, this has to be a year where South Carolina takes a step up in terms of their win loss record. You cannot afford five wins or less for the second straight year in a row if you're Shane Beamer and this coaching staff. So, while yes, Gage. Larva Dane and Amari Huggins-Bruce can certainly help you there. You still got to get a guy that can play on the outside that has proven himself at this level. Or not even at this level, but has proven himself either way. And Dorian Singer has done that. Why not go after him? Unfortunately, at this point, it is a dead period now in terms of recruiting. So, the coaching staff cannot have contact with that player. But... If he is still in the portal, come mid-April, I'd be interested to see if the Gamecocks throw their hat in the ring for Dorian Singer's services for his final year of eligibility in college football. With that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in, as always. I really appreciate it. What are y'all's thoughts on the Gamecocks' new additions in that wide receiver room? Do you think that it adequately addresses their need of a downfield receiving threat in that room? Or do you think South Carolina needs to go after somebody else at that position? If so, do you have a particular player in mind? Either way, let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or get you a direct message on X at a line underscore sc. If you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, but as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.